Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Reasonably Shady, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome to an all-new episode of Reasonably Shady. I am Giselle Bryant. What's up? What's up? And I am Robin Dixon. And we are so happy that you are here with us once again. Yes, once again. And okay, so like, thank you so much again. We have to always say for watching The Real Housewives of Potomac, we are on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Bravo TV. Thank you for watching. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's getting juicy. I mean... <laughs> the juice is a spilling. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, as per normal, we got to give our reasonably shady moments of the week. Okay. So, hmm. oh my gosh. Moving. Oh, my gosh. Moving, That's right. Moving, moving sucks. So, my reasonably shady moment just goes to the whole concept of moving, <laughs> of packing, of uh-huh. moving, of unpacking like what part do you of moving do you think is the worst i think the packing not the unpacking Mm-mm. no no because packing like you can just literally just grab stuff throw it in boxes and you know take okay. the box up and whatever but unpacking when you have to try to figure out where the stuff is going or you know oh, what i'm yeah. saying because it might not it's like you, the house you move to is not the same configuration mm. you might ha- not have the same drawers or mm. cabinets or you might realize i don't need this or we might say like okay i don't want all this stuff right like, it's just so did you purge before you packed so, half and half so i packed my closet okay. like my personal stuff so i was i purged that stuff okay. but like i see and then the move it the shady part goes to my movers girl <laughs> We're not gonna call, are we going to call them out? We, I don't even want to call them out. Okay. All right, fine. We won't. But I paid for a pack and move, like a full house pack and move. And the movers show up. It was like three men. 
And they were like, um, yeah, most people, most people just, their boxes are already packed. And we just picked their boxes up and loaded the truck. He's like, Mm-mm. we've never packed a house before. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, at that point, they need to be fired. I, right. And I'm like, what? I'm like, WTF. So my, you know, one day moving job turned into a two day moving job. Okay. Requiring two. And it's so weird because I'm like. The last time I moved, which was like four years ago, it wasn't like it wasn't this much. Okay, so what's the so you came from what square footage and you went to what square footage? Do you know that? You know, I really don't know. I think the townhouse was like twenty eight hundred square feet. And then my new house, you know, the basement and all that is probably like five thousand square feet. I don't know. So like moving on up to the east side. Deluxe apartment in the sky. Yes. (laughs) But it was I mean, at first I'm like why do I have so much stuff? Right. Why? Like, you know what I mean? It's like when when you are unpacking, that's when you realize like how much stuff you have and right. you don't need. I feel like I could just literally like throw all the rest of the boxes away and yeah. I would not miss anything. And I'm sure the boys have accumulated a lot of just stuff. The boys, I mean, me want like all of us. It's just. Yeah. Okay. The worst. Yeah. All right. Well, I was doing some traveling. Over the past uh, week or so. Mm-hmm. And I was in Los Angeles. Very excited. I took my kids there because nice. um, they had never been. And they were like, you know, we need we want to go. We want to go down Rodeo. We want to be in Beverly Hills. Yes, we want to act like it. we're important. Anyway, my point is every restaurant that I went to and I went to some very nice fine dining. Mm-hmm. So I would be chewing on my last bite of food. Uh-huh. And they're ready to get you out of there. And they were literally snatching up my plate and they were like, okay, all right, bye-bye. Like they were, every restaurant was snatching my plate up and I was still chewing my last bite. Wow. LA restaurants, y'all are shady. I don't know what is going on. I don't know if y'all all all have a mandate, like get people out, turn tables over. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but God damn it. Let me eat my food and leave my plate alone. Wow. Yeah, that's frustrating. I definitely feel like the restaurant industry with the pandemic is just like jacked up because either they're short on workers. Right. um, Or they're like trying to, to make up for lost time. And so everything is like super expensive. Yes. And then like you said, they're like trying to get you in and out. Yes. And and I'm a black woman. I like to like savor right. all my food. <laughs> right. So let me savor. Did they even let you order dessert? Jeez. One place, he brought me the check before I ordered dessert. And to know me is to know that I what? always order dessert. Exactly. So I said, excuse you, sir. I need to see the dessert menu. I am not done. What? She not done. Did you ask them like, what is up with this? No, I just, you I know. Like I would have called them out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it was every restaurant. Every restaurant was like literally they weren't they weren't being rude about it. They were just snatching my plate yeah. on my last bite. Yeah. I think they're like, okay, we're trying to get as many people in and out. And and was every restaurant like super booked? Oh yeah, they were crowded. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they had people in there. So I, I just I didn't like it. Um LA restaurants, y'all are shady and leave me alone. The end. <laughs> the end. Yes. Okay, but take so that, much is that. happening in the world, Robin. Since we last chit-chatted. I, I kind of wouldn't know because I've been under boxes for the past <laughs> couple weeks. So. Okay, when do you think you'll be done unpacking? So, okay, so, oh, like, to my liking, I need another full week. You need like, another full and, week. And I, wanna, okay. like, and I don't want to leave. You, you know, sometimes it's like you move. First of all, moving is like giving birth. So it's like 
you you know, when you give birth, it's such a horrible, horrific experience. Yeah. But you do it again. Like, you know, you, you kind of like forget how bad it is and right. you do it again. So I feel like moving is the same thing. It's like, I know moving sucks. Yes. But, you know, you I chose to do it again. Yeah. So anyway, I but I don't want to leave like, I don't want to just like, I have a really big storage room and I don't want to just like, Throw everything in the storage room and forget about it. Like, I want to to get through every single thing and put everything in its place. Yes. So I'm going to give myself another week. Okay. So okay. I apologize. And, and look, I have all these emails that have been <laughs> <laughs> neglected. And I got some business I need to take care of. Probably. But. Probably. All right. Well, one thing that struck me um, news-wise was that, you know, okay, you know iced tea and cocoa. Yes. Like Coco said, she is still breastfeeding her daughter. I saw that. And she's like five. Five. Yes, she's five. So it it sparked all of this talk about like, is this normal? Is this um, what mom should be doing? Did anyone say that was normal? Well, I don't think I didn't. Okay. I think it's crazy. That is insane. (laughs) If, If the baby can pull your titty out your bra. It's a problem. Yeah. And if she can like run around and, and tell people I pulled mommy's titty out the bra. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> it, it is all the way nasty. Now, Ice T did come out and say, hey, you know, the way me and Coco live our lives is not the way y'all might live your lives and do not True. judge us. True that. Um, but I think that you're setting your child up for, let's see, um, booby envy, maybe. <laughs> no, wait. Now, why does she explain like why she all right first of all like how often is it like like why do you continue to do that is it because like it's, you it's a bonding thing it's a bonding thing yes um i mean i think at some point well i mean it's I, I, that's just that's just really weird i think the daughter eventually pretty soon will probably stop you know what i mean like on her own i like, think like it, not want it anymore and then how often do they do it is I, it at like bedtime is it I did after I saw the headline and I read a little bit. I, I was disgusted, so I don't I don't know the the particulars. And, and to be honest, so this might be TMI, but like I breastfed for like um, six months okay. for my kids. But like my boobs to me are like more of a like a a sexual thing. Like for with you know with my yes. partner. Like I I prefer to like leave them for him. So right. I like couldn't wait for my kids to get off my boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it felt it felt kind of weird. I'm like. Y'all want my boobs, but this is for some, you know. Yeah, that, that was for that was for so, daddy, yeah. not for the kids. Yeah, so I couldn't wait for them to get. It off. was it was very painful for me to breastfeed. Mm. Like that whole latching on thing, oh, yeah. Yeah. hurt so bad. Yeah, that I was like, I don't want to do this. I remember, I will never forget my mother. So I was trying to breastfeed the twins. Mm-hmm. So you, you can imagine, I had one on one breast and the other on the other breast at the same time, like footballs. Right, and she was like, um. And I think I was crying while I was doing this. And she looks at me and she's like, is this working for you? Right. And I said, no, no. mommy, this is horrible, man. So she was like, we're done with this. Then don't do this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So don't she literally it. like went to the store, got Infamil or Similac, whatever that stuff, formula. Uh-huh. And I was, it was, it was a wrap. Right. Yeah. Right. It and your over. girls are beautiful, smart, intelligent, <laughs> athletic, you know, fully yes. grown. So yes. I bet, I, I mean, I know a lot of women that is something that they feel pressured to do. Yes. Is to breastfeed because that's, you know, that's the healthy, natural thing to do. Right. Um, but if you, if it's, if it's difficult and it's causing you pain, I mean, there, I think everyone's going to go through like the pain because there's like a rawness and all that. But right. like, if it's excruciating and uncomfortable, 
don't stress yourself. You know, don't no. beat yourself up if you can't do it. It's fine. And if you can do it like Coco, I think 18 months is a cutoff. <laughs> 18 months to two years. That's the cutoff. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. So I I was I was on the, the Twitter, not the Twitter. I was on the Instagram and I saw Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I saw like the That's clip the big of it. Festival, music festival. It was right? a big music festival in Chicago. It was like 200,000 people. Ooh. And so I was, as I was watching it, watching the the clips from it, I was like, clearly this was like, I'm thinking this was like two, three years ago. Right. No, this was this like the, the other, other day. day. And, <laughs> and like rolling out loud and all these, what happened to the right. COVID? Y'all forgot COVID existed? They forgot, but I was actually on my way here and uh-huh. I heard a news report that said there's in Chicago, there, there are 200 plus COVID, new COVID cases that they are linking mm. to Lollapalooza. So imagine if they have those 200 that they are aware of. Yes. How many more there are because people might be asymptoma- asymptomatic or something. Yes. Like, yes. And there was a reporter that re- was reporting on how they were checking your quote vaccine vaccination card uh-huh. at the door. Uh-huh. And it was like. Like you literally just had to show a piece. Like you could just show a white card. White piece of like, paper. Just right. like a white piece of paper. Just hold up the paper <laughs> in the air and you got in. Right. No, it was outdoor though, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, honestly, I did. So I went to Miami in the midst of moving. I went to Miami last weekend and I, you know, we were down there, you know, walking around without our masks yeah. and stuff. And and at some point I'm like, ooh, this is like not feeling right. You know what I mean? I'm right. like, let me start putting my mask back on because, you know, you hear about the, the cases creeping up. Yes. And I'm like, we're vaccinated, but we still don't want to pass it on to other people who right. aren't. Right. Um, and it just started not feeling right. So hopefully people kind of, I know we're all sick of the pandemic. Um, yes. But hopefully we start taking it more, a little more seriously. And these young people, like the, the Lollapalooza, the Rolling Out Loud or Rolling Loud, whatever. Rolling Loud, Rolling Out. Rolling, whatever, whatever that other right. thing was. <laughs> um, you know, y'all have to be very aware that like this new variant is... It seems like it is targeted towards the young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody has to be very, very careful. Right. It's super contagious. And then, you know, sadly, we're hearing about people, you know, that we, um, you know, Candace's music producer yes. who was not vaccinated and passed away from. Yes. Rest COVID. in peace, Chucky Thompson. Yes. It's, yeah. It's, it's not gone, y'all. It's not. It's not. One of my line sisters is, is struggling right now. She's oh, in the no. ICU. So, oh. yeah, you did. We, this is not the time to like let go of our safety precautions. Mm, was she vaccinated? That I've, I've been asking that and nobody wants to give me a straight answer. Oh, so I'm just going to leave, leave that alone. Okay. Now we have been traveling and I've been seeing, I've been like hyper aware of the people that have been acting crazy on these airplanes. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. So this is okay. So let's be clear. There are people on airplanes that are losing their minds. The last report I saw, the man had to be duct taped to his seat. What? Duct taped. Why? Because he was screaming and yelling. He was going off. I think he hit a flight attendant. He did something crazy. And it was to the point where the whole plane was like, yeah, duct tape his ass. Like, nobody wanted him. Like, his mouth and everything. What made him do that, though? Okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, he was drunk. Mm. Okay. So, I feel like there should be a ban of alcohol in airports until people act like they got some sense. See, I was going to say, I think it's because the airplanes aren't serving alcohol anymore that people are acting crazy. No, Because I was on a plane recently and I'm like, dang, can I get some vodka or something? And they're Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm sorry. And I wanted to be mad. I was like, I wanted wanted to bust the window open because I couldn't get some alcohol. (laughs) Like... 
That's why people are mad because they no. can't get alcohol people, on the people plane. People are mad because they're going to the <laughs> Buffalo wing spot in the airport and they're getting totally like hammered and but getting on the plane. But that's not the new. That is nothing new. So why is it like a why problem it, now? I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I think it like, did he not want to wear his mask or something? It probably was that like. No, he didn't have a, those, the the little clip that I saw. He did not have a mask on. That's probably what it was. They probably like, sir, you need to wear a mask. And he's like, I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> and then he's drunk. And then when you're drunk, and you're like. <laughs> Robin, what did he say? I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> you're infringing on my freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yes but i was just so happy that they duck i didn't know they had duct tape on planes all for the purposes of duct taping oh, duct people to their people. seats that's great <laughs> can you imagine sitting there like <laughs> stuck and you, then you're feeling like an asshole like can you imagine <laughs> i would literally be taking pictures of this person like everyone this is the thing okay so when someone acts up on your next flight and they're duct taped to the to the seat, every person on the plane should walk up to that person and take a picture of them. Just make them feel like a bigger <laughs> asshole, right? Like, right, take a selfie with them. Look at me at the asshole. <laughs> he was screaming that his parents had $2 million. My parents got $2 million. Y'all can't do this to me. Oh, shit. Give me your money, right? <laughs> what? Oh, yes, we can. What? Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> that was a hot mess. So I, I just want to ask for people to um, get themselves together before they get on these planes. Mm-hmm. And I want the out, the airlines to serve alcohol again. Thank yes, because I don't I, I don't know about you, Robin, but I don't sit in the same cabin as my kids. My kids. <laughs> See? When, when me and my children travel, they sit in a different cabin than me. And so if they're back there, right. I, I want to make sure it's safe back that there. That they're okay. Yeah, I want to make sure they're okay. I did that once to my brother. I, we were uh, when we were in Portland and we were flying home at the same time and I was in first class and mm-hmm. I bought my brother a coach ticket and he thought I was like the worst person in the world. He no. was just like, you are so mean. <laughs> you are. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> at least I bought you as a ticket. Right. And if and, and if he had a problem, he could upgrade his damn self. Right. Yes. Exactly. But he was so he was so salty. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My kids don't know the difference. So they just go right on back there and get your life. Um, that was funny. Hilarious. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
the initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We do have to shout out our girl, Riri, also known as mm. Rihanna, Miss Fenty. Money she is bags. now a billionaire. Money bag. So, I mean, how, how does, I just, you know, when they did the headline that Rihanna is now a billionaire, I wanted to know, like, who calculated the money? Like, right. Like, how does that go down? Right. Because it's the, the same thing. Because, you know, remember when they said um, Kylie Jenner was a yes. billionaire and then they came back and was like. Yeah, they was like, no, we fabricated. Yeah. Yes. They, like, took it back. So, it's like, right, what are they what are they basing that off of? I think it's like the valuation. I don't, I don't really think it's like, oh, she has a billion dollars in her pocket, right? right? It's like the valuation of their companies and the worth of their companies. So they're okay. basing it on, you know, whatever public information that companies of that size have to disclose. I, okay. Is her company a publicly publicly traded company? Probably not. I don't, I, I, I doubt it. But the mere fact that she's gotten there, she's, well, how old is she? 30 something? something younger than us that's just black excellence <laughs> black girl magic she's younger than us and richer than us and that's i guess right. all that's amazing because that's like you know I, I assume a bulk of that came from the makeup yes and and from her lingerie lingerie but i think the makeup is what kind of like drove the yes. rest of everything you know what i mean like yes so i mean same thing if you look at kylie jenner where where does she make her money her makeup, makeup. like gosh, yes that is a but everybody keep you know everybody for years has been like well when is rihanna coming out with more music, music? guess what <laughs> guess what? what she don't ever need to do that again I, in her life right because that is a grind it, it's yes and you know artists uh I, you know I, correct me if i'm wrong someone but i i feel like they make their money on tour Yes. More like that's where they really make their bread. And I'm sorry, but touring is looks exhausting to me. Do you know? Well, yeah, you got to you got to be in it. Right. Constantly on the road. Yeah. You know, you just it. it's exhausting. It's physically demanding. It's it could be lonely, you know. So, shoot. Yes. I'm sorry if I'm Rihanna. OK, I might make a song or two, but I might not. Tour. Listen, if I'm Rihanna and I got a billion in my pocket, I'm not. I'm sitting on the couch. y'all. Right. I'm here to tell you. Couch is my name. I know. Couch is my friend. I would. I would love to hear some new Rihanna music, though. I know. I know. Riri, if you don't mind. Um, okay, so. Someone is calling me to ask me to extend my car warranty. Jeez. <laughs> God. Have you done that yet? Have you extended your car warranty yet? No, I, I haven't. Oh. Should I? 
I mean, make these people stop calling. <laughs> All right. Well, we would like to share with you guys today on this episode some, you know, we we have told you guys a lot about our background, where we came from, all that good stuff. But we've had, Rob and I have had so many jobs in our life and none of it got us to where we are now. <laughs> but um, this episode is called Jobs Are Us. Okay. Oh. So, Robin, I'm going to let you start okay. with... With the jobs, because I think jobs. yours are a little bit more hilarious than mine. <laughs> mine. Mine are straightforward. Robin's are not. <laughs> okay, so, gosh, should I run down all of them? I mean... I don't know. Okay, so when I was in high school, you know, I'll admit, I, like, didn't want for anything. Like, you know, my parents yeah. gave me everything, a brand new car, I had money in my pocket, clothes, whatever. Mm. But I decided, like, no, I want to work. Right. Like, I mean, who, like, what teen? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of teenagers do. Yes. Yeah, so well, I was well, like, Grace is working now. Oh, right. Good. Yes. And yeah. I'm sure she gets everything from you. She does. Yeah. Yes. But she's working. Yeah. Okay, so, like, and can I just, um, I don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you. She um, gave me her first paycheck. Oh. And she gave it to me to put in her little bank account. Uh-huh. And it was like $233 or something. Uh-huh. She was so excited. And um, she felt empowered. Right. Right. So it it wasn't about the fact that it was two hundred dollars. It was it was about it was hers. It was hers. She worked for it. She earned it. And it made her feel like she's growing up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I chose to work on my own. My parents didn't force me to. I was just like, okay, I want a job. So I worked my first job was at a cafe at a swimming pool. So it was in the okay. summertime. Nice. And I worked in the cafe. I made burgers, mm. wings, mm. grilled chicken sandwiches, mozzarella sticks, what? french fries. Okay. And honestly, it was so crazy because the food was really good. Like, really, really good. So I worked, so that's like, you know, a little kitchen job. And we, you know, did it all from, you know, opening and closing and cleaning and cooking. and Nice. Yes. And charging people and all that type of stuff. It was, it was hard work. My cousin's husband owned a catering business at the time. So he was kind of like behind like the management of it okay so it was kind of good to like work for a family member but i had a lot of responsibility and i kind of learned to cook you know oh nice you got some skills yes so you were like flipping burgers flipping burgers you were taking the like chicken wings and like putting them in the the fryer what yes how old were you um i was in high school so i probably was like going into my senior year of high school okay like so you, the summertime you know what i mean so it was at a summer pool like 16 yeah okay 16 17 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nice okay that's impressive yes yeah, so that one was good you know okay. that's just and that really helped me appreciate how difficult it is to work yeah. in a kitchen you know whether it's you know at mcdonald's or at a five-star restaurant right like it's that thing it's hard work yes oh yeah, yeah it's not a game so i definitely appreciated that so then i worked at nordstrom okay in the shoe department. Nice. Ooh. Hard work. <laughs> okay, so the the women that come in, do their feet stink? You know, not really. No. Um and I and you know and I would have to do the whole like putting the shoes on the people. Really? And, yes. But in Nordstrom, I really appreciated my experience at Nordstrom because they're really big on customer service, at least when I was there. And I just learned a lot about Dealing with customers, going like above and beyond, you know, so it's like, okay, whenever, so for shoes, like, okay, if someone asks for one shoe, you go back and come back and bring them four. Yes. Or, you know, when you're checking them out, like don't hand them the bag across the counter. You got to walk around the counter and hand them the bag. Oh, yeah, they do do that. uh Uh-huh. That's all. Okay. We were taught to do that. Yes. That's that's part of the customer service thing. Okay. So working at Nordstrom almost spoiled me. 
when I would go to other stores because I'm looking for that same type of customer service. Yes. And you're not getting it. And I'm not getting it. Mm. And if I ever go to a Nordstrom and like the salespeople don't walk up to me and say like hi. So first of all, they're like, okay, if someone comes in your department, walk up to them and say hi. Can I help you walk away? Like, so I'm as a customer who has worked at Nordstrom, when I walk into a Nordstrom, I'm expecting the salesperson to greet me like Mm -hmm. right away. I'm expecting them to like walk around the counter to hand me my bag. Like I'm expecting all this stuff. So I will now today as a shopper, if I walk into a section of Nordstrom and they don't greet me, I'm taking my purchase to the next department. Like I'm going to walk across, you know, to another department. Yes. And I'm I'm just wait. Whoever the salesperson is that's going to like, you know, go out of their way to say hi to me, then you get my sale. I'm just okay. But I'm sure you don't have that problem now. I mean, you you walk in as Robin Dixon. And it's not an issue. I mean, I still see it. I mean, I'm like always amazed at like people who really just want to stand behind the counter and not do their job. True. You know, True. but working in the shoe department at Nordstrom. Whew, so I worked in Towson Town Center and the shoe department was two levels. So it was like you had to go upstairs, up and down. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I would come home from work and I'm like, I'd work that job mostly throughout my time in college. I can't remember how many different years. At least like over the course of probably three, four years. Okay. Woo. I felt like an old person. Like I was literally a college student and I literally because <laughs> you had to walk up and down them stairs. Yes. Okay. It was it was work nonstop, back and forth, up and down, all around. Ooh, that was hard work. Okay. Um, let's see. So I worked, so that was like all throughout college um then i would say my first job out of college was for otis elevator what the hell is that <laughs> otis elevator yeah when you get on the elevator you look down it says otis or like all the, the so elevator what, are you selling elevators <laughs> what are you talking about this is ridiculous right like right that's real cute right i mean i had a so i had a business degree so my i was working in the sales department for the maintenance plans oh, of elevators yeah so okay. like you know they sell like service plans you know they get okay. you like okay if you have an elevator you want it to be serviced every you know quarter or whatever yeah so i worked in that department now this was i can't remember what year it was but i didn't really enjoy that job okay Okay. And Aaliyah died in a plane crash. Okay. And like the next day I went back to work and I was like, um, Aaliyah died in a plane crash and life is too short. I quit. Uh, like, <laughs> Robin, you should have just told them that you quit. Not blame it on Aaliyah, who you don't know, and her death. This is the worst. But I was so, like, I was distraught by her, her death. Yeah, I really we was. all were. Like, like, I was so messed up from that. And it was like, damn, because she's she pretty much, we're like the same age. Okay. And so seeing her, she was so beautiful, so talented, and just seeing her gone like that, like, it was just like, I just really, I'm like, life is too short. Like, I'm not, I cannot so, sit here. Life is too short. I cannot work for y'all no more. Yes. Because I really don't like this job. Because I hate this job, and I'm not <laughs> going to do something that I hate. Jesus. Okay? That was like, Jesus Christ. That was about nine months. <laughs> I stayed there for nine months. Okay. <sighs> Okay, then did you get a job after that? Well, I worked for my mom. Okay, very good. And mm-hmm. your mom has that printing. Yeah, so my mom has her own business. She does like printing, promotional products, anything yes. that's like, you know, printed um, banners, programs, 
ink pens, you know, anytime you have like, you know, you go to a bank and the bank, the name of the bank is on a pen, like stuff like that. So yes. if you ever need, you know, this is like a, a, a commercial. Plug. Yes, yes, a plug for my mom. If you ever need a printed material to promote your business, your church, whatever, your organization, holla at my mama. Yes. What's yes. the name of the business? So the name of the business is Specialty Marketing and Printing. Okay. And what is her um, Instagram page? I'm just sending out to her Instagram. Well, I mean, GG Bragg at GG Bragg is her Instagram page. So yes. Holla at my mama. Holla, holla at Mrs. Yes. Bragg. Yes. 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 Who so, is no nonsense out here in these streets? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're 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 gonna we're gonna um find out your favorite job. Let, My favorite job. Yeah, let's hone this in. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, okay, so all right, I work for my mom. I like working for my mom because I can like do what I want. Uh, kind clearly, of thing. <laughs> but she didn't really pay me that much. So <laughs> <laughs> she gave birth to you. That was payment enough, right? That's what I tell my kids. Y'all have food, right? I'll be honest, like. I liked working at Nordstrom. Really? Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that I have an online business, an e-commerce business, and I'm selling yes. stuff, I think that, like, I think it's, like, tied together. Like, I like to sell stuff. So, I think that it, once you get embellished your hats uh-huh. in Nordstrom, that's, like, total full circle. Oh, it sure is. Yes. So, we got to make that happen. Yes, absolutely. So, none of your jobs prepared you for where you are today? Um... I would say they all prepared me. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> damn sure didn't prepare you for the Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay. I mean, no, no, no. Nothing not prepares done. you I for got, that. I got like a couple more. Hold okay. On, y'all. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I worked at Under Armour. Okay. okay that, like, I remember that. Yeah. In the corporate office at Under Armour. Okay. And um, <laughs> I'll tell you why I worked there. So Juan was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He played for the Wizards. I really didn't need to work. Right. But I wanted to work. You know what I mean? And I wanted to get like... I needed like a break from him. You know yes, what I mean? Like, yes, I just a break get, from the boo. Yes, I, I get just that. needed to be like out Away. of the house. So, like, yes. I wasn't like always available. Right. So I went and got me a full time job at Under Armour, working in their sales department for like their big box store. So like I would do like the reporting for like oh how many units were sold at Dicks. Okay. And, nice. And the one thing that frustrated me about that job, like I would do all the reporting, I would gather all the data. And I would give it to like, you know, the managers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they would have these big meetings, big sales meetings, and they would never include me. Mm. And I just I felt like if I'm putting these reports together, it would be nice to know how they're being utilized. Yes. You know, and so that I can, you know, maybe improve upon the reports or so that I can learn something. Right. And so, yeah, I quit that job. Robin was not included in the meeting, so she quit, y'all. This this is this is a reoccurring theme here. <laughs> that was like eight months. That's the one thing. If I don't, yeah, I didn't. Mm-mm. Eight months. Okay, so nine, eight, eight months. nine months is like your threshold. Yeah, After that, that that's when I'm like, mm, it's not working. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. So then I spent. You know, we got married. I spent a, a number of years as a housewife. Yes. Right. I didn't work. I did, oh, this is probably my favorite job, working for the PR company. Yes. You know, I did work on a contractual basis or a project basis for a PR company, like doing event planning. Right. Um, which was a lot of fun. Like, that was probably, like, that did not feel like work to me, but it was a lot of work. Yes. You know? Yes. My friend Abba owns a very, like, respectable accomplished successful PR agency luxury PR agency in DC and so she would have some of the most you know top of the line clients yes and we would throw some of the most fabulous parties and stuff so Abba didn't invite me to any of these parties but that's not the point of the story (laughs) 
Yes, that was it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So do you feel like all of that, all of your jobs have like taught you something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just from, like I said, from Nordstrom with the customer service element, from the jobs that I quit to know like what didn't work for me or what I would want more from a job. The PR job, it's like you're balancing so many moving parts at one time, like working in events and PR and having so many clients. And, you know, I remember one time I had like six major, major events in like the same month. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was like pulling my hair out because it's just so many moving parts. Yeah. And so now it's like I'm more like my own boss, but I am juggling so many different things. But you've done that before. So you know how to get that done. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. Exactly. My dad 
told me, like, I think I was like probably a baby that his money was his money. And um, I didn't have any money until I got a job. So um, I had to get up out there and get like now, mind you, I don't want to like say my parents didn't like totally like give me everything under the sun. Similar to you, right. I like, you know, had everything I wanted. But my dad was like, yeah, this is my money. So um, which what was, age? What age? 15. So uh-huh. I decided to get a job at like 15. But that was like the best thing he could have ever like mm-hmm. taught me. Mm-hmm. And I, I like try to instill that in my kids. But they be getting over. I'd just be buying them everything. <laughs> um, but anyway, so at 15, I went out and got a job at Hardee's. That was my first job. Okay. Best eating up in town, up and down and all around. I think that's the slogan. Is it? I don't know. I made that up. So um, they realized I was 15 like after the first week. And they were okay. like, girl, you too young. You can't work here. Because it was oh, like some child labor law. Oh. I thought I could. They were like, you're fired. And I, I got fired from my first <laughs> job in like five days okay so then <laughs> i um i worked at um chesapeake bay seafood house okay which was like a all you can eat spot mm-hmm. so it was like they don't have these anymore i don't think but like you pay a certain price and you can get everything on the menu okay and so like you had the the waitress has to like run back to the to the kitchen every eight seconds oh my god and people used to ask me like are your shoes comfortable because you're gonna be running the night girl are your shoes comfortable i said no nah, i can't do this i quit that right one. Could, that, how that, long after how long that was about four days oh shit <laughs> <laughs> okay so then i started working for postal pizza which was like equivalent to like a domino's okay okay so I was the girl that answered the phone. I was like, hello, Postal Pizza. Can I help you, please? And I would take their order. Okay. Okay. And then the the drivers would come and get the pizza and drive it out. So I would literally have five phones in front of me, and they would all be ringing at the same time. And I was the only girl there to answer. (laughs) And I'd be like, Postal Pizza, can you hold on, please? Click. Postal Pizza, what you need? Postal Pizza. Postal Pizza. It was a mess. Oh, my God. So sometimes my dad would, like, prank me. Oh, no. And he would call, and he'd be like, Giselle, he talked real slow. Uh-huh. Giselle, uh, it's your dad. So uh, I've been on hold for 35 minutes. <laughs> and I don't understand why I have to wait this long. Oh my God. Like, dad, dad, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, he was like, I just wanted to hear you say post a pizza. Can I help you, please? <laughs> my dad is the worst. Okay. So I stayed there like throughout high school. Okay. In and out, they, you know, and if I had to leave for a month and come back, they right. would let me do it. Yep. They were like, cool. Then I worked at Britches Great Outdoors for Women. Remember Britches? Britches was like a clothing store and they had several lines. So, like, there was the Britches for Men, which was like high end. Okay. And then they had the Great Outdoors, which was like polos. Like L.O. Bean type ish. Yes. Okay. And then they had the women's line. And I worked at that store and they were like, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Can you like not go to college and like stay here and run <laughs> run this little store? No, no. <laughs> bitches. I got an education I got to get like, like, no. OK. But they also let me like come back throughout right. college uh-huh. and work there like over um, Christmas break. And, yeah. you know, whenever I had breaks. Yep. OK, so then my dad was like, all right, Giselle, you know, he thought I was going to be like. Um, super smart mm-hmm. and um, be like a doctor or something. Okay. I don't know. What do you? So he was like, I'm gonna get Giselle some internships. Okay. So one of the internships was when I told y'all before. Okay. I was doing autopsies With on cadavers. Okay. Yeah, on dead bodies, which was insane. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I this is this is not even fit. Me. Right. I am like a cute girl. Okay. What, what am I doing cutting up bodies? Okay, that was a hot mess. Um. So I stopped doing that, and then. 
eventually, when I got out of college, I worked for the NAACP. Okay. And I started doing their events. Okay. So I, like you, I understand like how you have 800 balls in the air for mm-hmm. events, but they all like have to come together. Right. And it's not like it's hard, but you have to do everything yeah. or else the whole thing will fall apart. Exactly. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And so then that's where I got to meet like President Clinton mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton. And because we, I had to interface with politicians and mm-hmm corporations and it was like that was a great job like yeah. I love that job and it was like not work for me yeah exactly so yeah. that that was fantastic and then I um did pharmaceutical sales okay so I was a um, paid drug dealer oh and yes. I'm sure those doctors love to see you Ooh. come in the door they was like Giselle's here is that this is a thing all of the pharmaceutical sales reps are good looking yeah yes. all of them 100 like, that's I think the criteria yeah yes yeah. and y'all and got paid well we got paid well I got a car um, things aren't like they used to be. Cause like I used to be able yeah. to take my doctor, like one, I had a doctor, she was like real crazy. She was like, Giselle, let's go to the strip club. Right. I used to take her to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably get, I mean, the male God. strip club or the, fem- the were females dancing or men dancing? Men, there was men dancing. Okay. I would take her to the strip club and at the strip club, you could get a receipt because uh-huh. I, I would want to get reimbursed. You can get a receipt that's blank. So at the top, it doesn't say it's it's very generic what the name is. It's like restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, that way, and because clearly I'm not the only person get, trying to get reimbursed. And they've done this before. Right. They know how to do this. So I would ask for the special receipt. <laughs> and um, they, they knew exactly what I was talking about. And I used to take Dr. Oh, that was her name. Okay. I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, anyway. There's a lot of Dr. Yeah, we would go to the strip club. We would have a ball, okay? (laughs) I'd be like, drinks on me! Where the strip is at? Let's get the dollars. Let's make it rain. This is before the make it rain So you're the reason they cut back on that. Because I know they cut all that mess back. Oh, they don't do that anymore. Right. Yeah, I I was a pharmaceutical (laughs) rep in the good old days. When you could literally, like, take your doctor anywhere. Right. And... It was fine. You can you can just like write it off. So they they quit that because I, I I ruined it for right. everyone. I had a job running um like the meetings, the dinner meetings for pharmaceutical um companies. Yes, and they hired they out they hired this company that I worked for for compliance reasons because oh. the reps would be like so out of control. So <laughs> I would be there, um, just kind of like making sure everything was above board. Oh, wow. And yes. it, it was like the wild, wild west back then. Right. Like if you knew right. a drug rep, and let's say you needed drugs, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, over-the-counter drugs. You would do, you would swap out. Like uh-huh. you had, a, I was Ortho McNeil. If you had a Pfizer rep, you'd swap out some drugs. I sold birth control pills. Everybody was looking for me because everybody <laughs> wanted birth control pills for their girlfriend. So, you know, it, it was definitely wrong what we were doing. Right. But we had fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, y'all ruined it. Y'all ruined it for everybody. Y'all ruined it. <laughs> Now they're like so strict. Oh, that's oh you cannot you cannot do anything. And then I got married and I helped my husband build his business, which was you know the church. And then, um, I my last like not job that I really liked was when I was making like cookies and cupcakes. Right. I had Sweet Giselle. It was such a I remember great that. little baking you had, like, business. The little bakery at the um mm-hmm. was it like a burger spot or something? Yes, I would sell it at um. Lord, I forgot the name of the rest. Timothy Dean. Yes, Timothy (laughs) Dean. I know you. Yes, I know your life better than you. Yes, and I was Timothy Dean had a has a bistro, and I would sell like the cupcakes and the cookies at the bistro. So I would make everything there. Right. It's very labor intensive, 
but I loved it. Right. Yes. I feel like you should get back into that. I think so, too. When I get a little bit more time on my hands. I know. I know. Yes. Yes. But I can say 100% that all of that helped form who I am today. Oh, yeah. I really got to thank my dad because my dad was like, I didn't get it at the time. But he wanted to make sure that I had all of these things under my belt Mm -hmm. as just like resources that I can pull from. Right. And now I know I can do anything. I can do any job that you give me because I've done a million things. Because you've done them. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to talk about side hustles that I picked up because... Yes, I love side hustles. Yes. And this might be helpful for people listening. Like if you're looking for some extra money, um, because I definitely went through a time when I literally had like 50 million side hustles because, you know, Juan and I were going through our financial troubles and I was just trying to find any and every way to make money. So... One of them was um, focus groups. What is that? Focus groups. Like there are, you can sign up for focus groups. I literally got paid and this is like, you know, I got paid like $250 for someone to come and watch me make a salad because like, you know, they're doing their research. So this is so companies have focus groups to do research on like consumer behavior. I've never heard of this. Yeah, girl. So if you're looking like I still, I keep unsubscribing to these emails, but I still get the emails of, you know, these companies that are looking for people to participate in their focus group about oh yes 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 yes, yes. okay now I, I know exactly what you're talking about right so that they can figure out the best way to sell their product exactly right? yes whatever it is yeah i would do multiple focus groups you know you get a quick hundred hundred dollars here two hundred there you know nice. so for for people who are like you know trying to find you know little small ways to make extra money right just google focus groups Okay. I like, and um, you were selling your clothes, not selling your clothes, but you were doing, what do you call so it? Consignment. I was, well, okay. eBay. I had a, I had a booming eBay business. Yes. I mean, shoot, yes. we sold, I had, we had so much Louis Vuitton luggage. And the good <laughs> thing about that stuff is that it holds its value. Yeah. You know, so I made a lot of money on eBay. So, but even not even, you know, you don't have to just sell like, you know, designer stuff on eBay or consignment places. You can sell like little Nike, your your kids' clothes, okay, whatever shoes, everything. So that right there is a hustle in itself. Yes. Another one, my friend Carly and I. Oh, okay, Carly. Carly's always here with us. Yes, in case Carly's you did not here. know, she's director of operations. Yes, yes. she is. She has a title. <laughs> she demanded to get a title. She's the director of operations. Yes. And don't you get it twisted? Okay. Yes. What about Carly? So Carly and I, we sold jewelry. Oh, yes. Yes. And we literally had it was like we we would go to the jewelry shows and buy jewelry from different jewelry vendors. Okay. And we would host jewelry parties. Ooh. So or we would go, you know, if there's like an event, we would get a table. Did y'all know me? Because I've never been invited to a jewelry party. I guess. You know what? We may not have been. This is rude. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I, 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 maybe, I thought, maybe I thought you weren't interested in that little. You know like, what? You, you know, know what? The fashion jewelry. <laughs> Me yeah. and Robin are breaking up. You know, it's like little forty-five dollar necklaces. And Robin stuff. is shady. But I'm telling you, those type of businesses. If you can like so jewelry, I I honestly, there's times when I'm like, I want to, you know, have a jewelry website. I want to like start selling jewelry again. Yeah. Because that is like such an easy sell. Like we would go to a jewelry party and make like two thousand dollars in one night. Really? Yes. Yes, it was. Well, let's start this back up again. Right, <laughs> I, I, I want my cut. I'm I one in. Right. So if it, so we, you know, we would be vendors at events and stuff uh-huh. like that. That was actually, I've, I really enjoyed that. So as you can okay. see, I like to sell stuff. Yes. So, yeah. So don't be surprised if I sell jewelry one day. On okay. Embellish. But I'm be doing it too with Robin. Robin ain't gonna cut me out of this. 
this is good stuff. All right. Yes. So I so the I guess the purpose and the what we really want to get across to you guys is that whatever your job is today, like you never know what tomorrow is going to bring mm-hmm. to you. You never know if this you might hate it and quit it in nine months like Robin does. <laughs> but that still is going to give you some something in your toolbox for right. like the next job. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, you can have a job that you love, but it's like running you ragged, which is fine because yeah. you love it, but you're still growing from it. I always say I always think like, you know, when there's jobs that you love, maybe at some point figure out how you can venture out and be your own boss doing that. Yes. You know, if you're working for a company, you really like it. Um, I think the next step up is to like venture out and be your own boss. Yes. I got one more job. I worked for our house furniture for like two weeks. Okay. I was because I'm mad at them right now because I'm I'm still waiting for you're waiting my for your furniture chase to come. The, the furniture is beautiful. I worked there for two weeks. Like I like it literally was like two weeks of training. Mm-hmm. And then we started filming The Real Housewives of Potomac. And I was like, oh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm busy. And at that same time, I was working my PR event job. I was doing my, <gasps> like, I had, oh, I was getting my hustle on. Clearly. Hustle. Clearly. Yes. So, sorry, um, our house for quitting after two weeks of training. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's the purpose of our story. Get your hustle on. Word. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. So, that is our episode today. And don't ever forget to either be reasonable or be shady. Yes. And share with us, you know, some of your hustles, your side hustles. Because yes. we would like to share them with the listeners. And, you know, we if you have feedback on this episode, what's up at ReasonablyShady.com? Yep. Until then, see you next yes. time. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Reasonably Shady is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And you can connect with us on social media at Robin Dixon 10, Giselle Bryant, and Reasonably Shady. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.